On this episode of Drinks with Binks, I'm so thrilled to welcome in ESPN sideline reporter and host Molly McGrath. Not only is Molly such a hard worker, she's also an inspiration to women everywhere in our industry and also my good friend. Yeah, I know her. She was actually the first person to tell me that everyone wears hair extensions on TV, which made me feel a lot better about my ratchet weave. We chat Molly's pregnancy. Yes, she's due in less than a month and what it was like to carry around an extra 20 pounds on the sidelines. She also shares a salient message to network executives about not treating women in this industry differently because they want to start a family. We also preview the ACC title game and she gives us her pick on who will win the natty. It's apple cider for her and a hot toddy for me. I had a back brace that I wore during games that came out to the front of my belly and it literally held the weight of the baby so that my back wasn't holding the weight wow. of the baby. Um, I traveled everywhere to the dismay of my husband with a butt pad like literally like a butt cushion. I'm sitting on it right now. Um, I wish I had one of, of those the, too. Oh, it's so nice. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We are here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the Great White North, also in my childhood bedroom. This is where all the magic happened. Of course, I'm sure all of you have a shrine of your childhood achievements that you have not changed because, you know, we like to keep those memories around. But Speaking of change, we had someone on our show, our guest for today, back on April 3rd, and so much has changed in her life to right now in December. I am very excited to be able to welcome in ESPN broadcaster, college football, college hoops, reporter, sideline reporter, host, also my good friend, Molly McGrath, who is nine months pregnant. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Amazing how much has changed since we were drinking and binking back in April. I think I was drinking actual alcohol back in April because I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. I may or may not have been pregnant when I did that. I don't think you were, at least according to like the receipts of the articles I've I've read about you. It (laughs) seemed like it may have come after the fact, but close, very close. And congratulations, Molly, uh, on everything this year. Um, I would like to kick this off with a toast to you congratulations molly you are due soon with a baby and you've also completed nine games on the sideline which is amazing in a pandemic regardless as well as being pregnant so thank you for being on the show and cheers to you cheers to that cheers to 2020 almost being over Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you notice my dog mug this is our dog matthew and I love I'm it. drinking um, apple cider, which would be way better if there was whiskey in it. I took your advice. You said for me to have a hot toddy and I made it. It's a little, it's got, you know, it's a lot of floating stuff in it, but it is very tasty with some Canadian whiskey because that's what we do. You know, we've all been working very, very hard, including yourself, Molly. You, when you were on our show last time, you were worried about like even just when the future of your job would sort of come to fruition when sports were sort of in like a really precarious position. You ended up not only doing your job, but crushing it on the sidelines while also carrying a baby. What would be, uh, you know, surprising to people about what you went through? And you did just have a, you know, a fantastic article written by Richard Deitch in The Athletic that sort of documented it. But what would sort of sort of pull back the curtain to us about what it was all like? Yeah. So the response I got from Richard Deitch's article in The Athletic was 
mostly really positive and a lot of women reaching out and saying, you know, I'm a young reporter and I didn't know that I could have a career and a family as well. So like, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable. And, and those kind of responses made the vulnerability of that article really worth it for me talking to, you know, Deitch about fertility issues and dealing with some depression early on in mm -hmm. my pregnancy. And then outside of that, there were some people and I saw some comments of people saying how selfish of you to be traveling what? during a pandemic with a baby and you're putting your baby at risk and all you care about is your career. And so I kind of want to peel back the curtain on that because when I spoke to you in April, we had so much uncertainty with what was going to happen with sports in general. And so, you know, you and I are kind of built the same way. Like we need to work. And so it was really hard for me, April, May, June, July, August, September, like during those months leading up to question marks of college football, it was really hard for me to not know if I was going to work. And on top of that, I was dealing with extreme nausea and sickness with the beginning parts of my pregnancy. So I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. And I did feel a sense of depression. And I think that compounded with the fact that I wasn't working. So truly for my own mental health, and I think for the health of myself and my baby, I needed to work. Molly, you uh, decided that you wanted to embrace the pregnancy, show people about it, because we know so many people in the industry that have hid their pregnancies, where you just find out that they've had a baby because they didn't want anyone to know because they didn't want it to hurt their job. What made you decide that you were like, I want everyone to know? Um, I think my initial reaction upon taking a, the pregnancy test really hit home to me. Like I took the pregnancy test. We'd been trying for um, over a year, just about a year to have a baby. And I, I, I see that positive test after seeing so many negatives. And it's this feeling of joy and you kind of black everything out. And then it was an, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about my job? What am I going to do about my career? How is this going to affect uh, the trajectory that I want to continue on at ESPN? And it made me really sad that that was, you know, the second thought with the most important news of my life. And I thought, if I'm thinking this, there are so many other women who are thinking this as well. So I want to be able to um, embrace this and be open about it because this is a very normal thing. Like, and the fact that a lot of women have hidden their pregnancies. That is their personal choice. And I'm so respectful of that. But for me, I never saw a lot of pregnant women on TV. So I didn't mm -hmm. know that that was something that was normalized. So I wanted to, in a sense, normalize it. Like, let's show off my belly. Let's show that there's a person growing in there and let's show that I'm still working. And the response that I've gotten from women just in, in our industry has been amazing. I won't name mm -hmm. names, but literally an hour after the article was um, published, I had other sideline reporters calling me and saying, I felt the same exact way. And I had, you know, a guy that I work with tell me that this was a really bad time for me to be getting married. And I shouldn't think about having a family yet because it could really hurt my career. And I related to this in the article. And I related to the fact that you felt depressed um, beginning of your pregnancy because you couldn't eat or sleep and you were lying around all day. Like it is amazing to me that that article, it wasn't my story. It was kind of all of our story. 
all mm -hmm. these women that we work with and all the women in these jobs have felt that same exact way at some point. And I know right. you and I have both felt that way about like, can I have a career? Can I have a family? Can women do both? And so I just wanted to be an example to young people and to just women in general and even men too. It's important for men to see this, that women should be able to have both. Like we shouldn't mm -hmm. have to choose. When a man has a family, he's not giving up his career. You know, he focuses on his career even more because he strives to make money and provide. Why can't women do that too? So it was really important for me to kind of like lock into that message and have that be, that was kind of like my motivation all season long. I love it, Molly. I mean, it's just so inspiring and so powerful. And even as someone that, you know, doesn't have a child, doesn't plan on having a child anytime soon, I felt, uh, I just felt so inspired reading your interview. And I think that so many women for so long have felt like, oh, well, if I, if I take time off, like that's going to hurt me or they're going to put someone else in my position, I'll get Wally pipped. Like executives think that way. And so this is such a great step in terms of changing the narrative and the reality of which female sideline reporters, reporters, people on television live in. And I can't wait to get into a whole lot more with Molly McGrath here on Drinks With Things. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Roman Rojas. And on the first episode of the Roman Rojas podcast, I talked to my friend Danilo Alvarez about how a night of fun and partying in Cali, Colombia ended up with him being kidnapped along with his girlfriend, Geraldine, and how they were able to get out of this horrible situation. Join me every week in my conversations with people that have incredible stories to tell. Subscribe to the Roman Rojas podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. just had drinks with Banks. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and we have ESPN sideline reporter and host Molly McGrath with us here today. I'm sipping on a hot toddy. She's got apple cider because she is nine months pregnant and could potentially have the baby during the show, which would be amazing. Maybe if I can just like cause... <laughs> Good, you know, that would be good baby. TV. Definitely. It'd be great TV. And that's what we're in the business of doing right now. <laughs> but um, speaking of, uh, you know, the pregnancy and, and I want to get into a couple of sort of the bigger topics we were just discussing in a second. But like describe to us what it was like physically to have to carry around a baby while you're on the sideline. That is a hard enough job as is for your body to go through. But while you're also pregnant, what was that like? Yeah, it's funny. I was texting back and forth with Richard Deitch when he, um, you know, was editing that athletic article. And he's like, weird question, but how much weight did you end up gaining? And was it, you know, 20 pounds then? And like, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've gained over 20 pounds. I've gained probably about 24, 25 pounds now to this point. And like on a person's frame, that is a lot of weight to handle. Mm -hmm. And as a sideline reporter, I think if you're doing your job really well, you're constantly circling the field, you're walking, you're running down injuries, you're running down coaches. So it's a very physically demanding job. You know, I've worn pedometers and I walk like six to eight miles during a game. And so wow. to do that, to walk six miles with 15, 20 extra pounds on your hips, your back, your feet, it really takes a toll. And I was so determined early on, 
hey, I'm not going to let this slow me down. And there were times where, honestly, for the most part, it really didn't. Um, But I had to adjust the way that I do things in order to be able to do my job effectively. Like I had to wear compression socks, really comfortable shoes. I had a back brace that I wore during games that came out to the front of my belly and it literally held the weight of the baby so that my back wasn't holding the weight of the baby. Um, I traveled everywhere to the dismay of my husband with a butt pad, like literally like a butt (laughs) cushion. I'm sitting on it right now um I wish I because had one of, of these too oh it's so nice the, the extra weight just like on your tailbone and on yeah. a cross-country flight which from seattle every flight is pretty much cross-country can be excruciating at times so mm-hmm. i just had to get creative and adjust the way that i did things but i really found that i was still able to do my job i was still running down injuries and running down coaches up until I was probably, you know, eight, eight and a half months pregnant. So I was really proud of that. The fact that it didn't affect my work at all. And I will say at one point, there's like a magic, there was a magic spot in my pregnancy from week 20 to probably week like 32, where I felt like a superhero, like hyper-focused. Um, and I just had this level of sharpness and focus mentally that I'd never had before. I don't know. It's like that nesting instinct or motherly instinct comes in or something. Um, uh, but I actually felt better at my job because of mm. it. And I found too, that I was more approachable, not just to athletes, but to coaches because of the fact right. that I was very visibly pregnant. So coaches would come up to me they could they could have avoided me um, and said, you know, social distancing, can't talk to you pregame. But coaches went out of their way to come talk to me and say, when are you due? Do you know if it's a girl or a boy? Is this your first? Mm-hmm. So I was able to get some like pregame scoops simply right. on the fact that I had this bump. So it, it helped me do my job. It was it was actually really uh, eye opening. Yeah. And I remember you telling me you felt like a lot of strength and kind of being able to do your job and also growing a human inside of you. And to that point, when we were just discussing about, uh, you know, women being worried that this could affect their jobs, what would be your message to executives to of which many are male and we do work in a male dominated industry? There are many women who are uh, there's many more women in the industry than when we were younger. But what would be your message to those that are looking at, at those that get pregnant? Yeah, I was terrified to tell my bosses that I was pregnant. Like I waited until days before I was on TV. And at that point I was six months pregnant um, in order to tell them because with COVID and everyone's at home, it was really easy to hide. And so I contemplated hiding it all season long and it would have been easy to do. Um, But I had those conversations with my bosses and they, they were amazing. Like I was shocked and, and they're, they're amazing people, so I shouldn't have been surprised, but just how much better it made me feel. I felt like a weight was lifted when both of them, I called two different bosses, both of them said, genuinely, I am so happy for you. Like, this is only good. This is only good for you and for who you are and for your brand. And, you know, having a family is the most important thing in the world. Work as long as you want, as much as you want come back whenever you want. And, and I do feel like I have earned that at ESPN. And I feel as though I've put the time in to earn that my spot will be kept for me. But there are a lot of women who maybe wonder if their spot will be waiting for them when they come Mm -hmm. back. So I think it's valuable for executives to know that someone becoming a mother isn't a detriment to their career. It almost makes them 
a whole person in a different way. Like it's another layer to the onion of who that person is. And I found that it's helped me relate to coaches better. I had a call with uh, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, and he revealed to me when he found out I was pregnant, he revealed to me that his girlfriend, his, you know, childhood sweetheart was expecting to, and she was just a couple months behind me and no one else mm-hmm. in their program at that moment knew that his girlfriend was pregnant. And he like wow. revealed that information to me first because he felt safe with me. So I mm-hmm. think that being a mother will only help someone. And in the same sense, not being a mother isn't going to be a detriment to someone. I don't think that um, executives should look at someone and judge them based on that or judge them based on their availability. Well, they have a family. I don't want to ask that of them. I talk to different sideline reporters I work with all the time. We are willing to work our butts off no matter what, whether, and and we're going to make it work. I hope that this helps executives and people in charge of television networks and television stations see that. Thus, I hope that more women are more open about it as well. Speaking of that job, we got a whole lot more you want to talk about on the field with Molly McGrath as it is a championship weekend for the books. We've got more on the other side of Drinks With Thanks. Don't go anywhere. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Nope, it's from Geico because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, everybody. It's Alex Flanagan. I had drinks with Binks, kind of. Does coffee count? I'm hoping maybe she'll invite me back for an evening episode so we can crack a bottle of wine next time. Welcome back to Drinks with Thanks. I'm JSB. We've got ESPN's Molly McGrath here. You're not on the sideline this weekend, but you would have been if you weren't expecting a baby very soon. We've got the ACC championship game. Notre Dame is in it, taking on Clemson. We already saw them play like the game of the year, double OT, Notre Dame wins, but there's no Trevor Lawrence and no two very good standouts on defense. They're playing each other again. What do you expect? How different will this matchup be? I think this matchup will be night and day. And I think there's no chance that Clemson loses this game. And uh, if I'm wrong, then I'm going to look like an idiot. But I really, I think that having Trevor Lawrence back, who's the quarterback, obviously, of their offense, but James Skalski, one of the defensive players that you mentioned, is the quarterback of their defense. And he's the kind of like heart and soul of their defense. And he was not playing in that previous game against Notre Dame. And that was a huge difference maker. Like everyone's talking about Trevor Lawrence, but I think Skalski, being out Mm -hmm. was a huge like a huge difference maker for them and he is I I looked at some recent reports he's expected to be playing in this game so that's going to be huge for them and one of the games that um, I was going to cover but then you know pregnancy gets in the way and I wasn't able to actually go was Pitt at Clemson 
And that was James Skalski's first game back from injury. He had a procedure done, like a, you know, orthoscopic uh, surgery done. And then he had some time to, to come back from it. But I talked to him that week and he told me when he was on the field, he, he traveled to that Notre Dame game. He was on the field for that game as people are storming the field and Clemson loses and he's standing next to Trevor Lawrence and they look at each other and they say, I really hope we get to see them again in the ACC championship game. And that is what they've been rallying around. And that's what's been motivating them is that loss was so public and yeah. it was the game of the year. And Clemson isn't used to losing games like that. So I think they're going to come out really angry and I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, a great report that you just gave right there, um, much to the demise of my boyfriend, who's a massive Notre Dame fan. So I'm glad that he's in America and I'm in Canada right now, because that is going to be a tough one. But Notre Dame has had a very good season so far. We'll have to see sort of what happens with the college football playoff. But one question before we get going is that, OK, yeah. so we understand the college football has been obviously affected by a pandemic as every single thing has been but i've noticed like watching cultural ball i almost feel as though there's like a suspension of disbelief like when we're watching it it's like the game and we don't really talk about COVID or mention COVID unless it is like nick saban has COVID. do you find that right. covering the game like you're you work for a rights holder you cover you know you are on the sideline for it how do you sort of balance that it is. It's very surreal, especially when you cover a game where there's no one in the stands and you're reminded of the fact that we are in the midst of a pandemic. It is this surreal feeling of, oh, my gosh, does this game really matter? Like, what what are we doing here? But um, the answer is, yes, the game matters to those players. And I think we saw it early in the season with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and guys who started that we want to play movement. This it, it, it's not like um, ESPN and all of the conferences were like, we need to do this because of money. Yes, money is a huge factor in all of these decisions. But the players really wanted to play. And this season really mattered to them. So I think the biggest takeaway that I've had um, being a sideline reporter and talking to these players every single week and being around them and around these coaches is that it was ultimately their decision whether or not they wanted to play in these games. And it was really important to them to be a part of that. And everyone does things for personal reasons and for mm -hmm. selfish reasons. And a lot of these guys wanted to get stuff on tape because they're getting ready for an NFL career. You look right. at guys like Trevor Lawrence, who wants to, you know, who could be the number one overall pick in this year's draft. Like this year was very important for, the Jets. for all of those players. Yeah, <laughs> we'll he's not going to need any tape um, at all. He's just a warm body. It'll be great. <laughs> It will be better than what they have. But yes. one thing, Julie, I wanted to point out to you. So you mentioned that your your boyfriend is a huge Notre Dame fan. So I printed out mm -hmm. my boards. This is just a little <gasps> behind the curtain look of how I prepare for games. And this is my Notre. These are my Notre Dame boards. Wow. Um, and it's like very tiny. But these this is all the notes I have just for their offense, and this is for their defense. I love and how you have just, them. 
yeah, just quotes, um, things that players told me during the week, stats on Ian Book and, you know, guys like Kyron Williams. And this is the kind of stuff that I kind of rely on during the game. So I printed that out so I could be ready to, like, talk Notre Dame or at least give a shout out to Notre Dame for your boyfriend because he's a huge fan. I love that. Spike will be very happy and that I acknowledge his existence for one time as my Instagram does not. But now you can <laughs> give your sideline reports this weekend when you're watching the game because I know you probably get the itch when you're watching. I know whenever I'm, I'm watching MLS Cup last weekend, I was like, oh, I want to tell a story on this. Uh, we got to go to break. My producer has been telling me for like 100 minutes to go and I've just ignored it like I've ignored my boyfriend. But we will be back with more Molly McGrath on Drinks with Things. Don't go anywhere. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, somebody's going to get punched in the nose by Alec Baldwin. The left and the right pile on his wife, Hilaria, for alleged cultural appropriation. And what our reaction to the death of Gilligan's Island's Marianne says about us. Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. What's up, y'all? This is Sam Macho, and I had Drinks with Binks. Well, guys, we've had an awesome time drinking and binking here with ESPN's Molly McGrath. And before we let you go, we don't have a whole lot of time, but what is your college football prediction for the Natty? Uh, I think Alabama's going to win. They're the most complete team in college football, and Mac Jones is a legit Heisman contender. So I think Bama's going to win it this year. Ooh, and next prediction, when do you think your baby will be born? So my due date is the day after the national championship game. So Which is I'm amazing. Which is amazing. So I'm hoping that the baby is born the night of the national championship during the fourth quarter so that while I'm in early labor, I have something to distract me and a game to watch so that I'm not feeling the pain as much. So hopefully the baby comes on January 11th and I'll nickname him or her Natty or something. Who knows? That would be amazing. I would love if you had this baby during the game. Like what a perfect mwah, chef's kiss. And also Molly, you're not only sideline reporter host and many of these other jobs, but you host a podcast sideline pass podcast. Yes, Sideline Pass podcast is with myself, Allison Williams, and Chris Budden, two other sideline reporters with ESPN, and we talk about our experiences on the sidelines every week, the kind of inside info that we get being there with the players and coaches every single week that you can't get anywhere else. So check us out, Sideline Pass podcast. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Sideline Pass podcast, I believe. And then also on Twitter, I'm at Molly A. McGrath. It's a great outlet for you guys to be able to tell your stories that you don't necessarily get into the broadcast. And guys, uh, you can check us out, of course, on all of our social channels at Fubo Sports, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and watch maybe Molly's old episode as well, April 3rd. Go check that out. And until next time, everyone, yes, keep watching. <laughs> keep drinking and binking. We'll see you. I never say it like that. I say bottoms up, bitches. There we go. Landed the ship. Landed the plane real well at the end of 2020. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs>